Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan Podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! Well, as of now, we are going to read 1 John 2. 1 John 2. And one with a great voice to do that. Uh, though if you're watching on Facebook, you might not be able to hear as well, so you certainly can subscribe next week or even now to Living Hope Wesleyan Church on YouTube. I'll try to adjust the microphone so if you're watching on uh, Facebook, you can hear this as well. But Pastor Kenny, please read to us 1 John chapter 2. All right, 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the appropriation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. For whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you now I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him. There is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness, and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are all not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, 
He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you, that those who are trying to deceive you, but the, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Kenny, thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. And again, Pastor Kenny reading to us uh, the entire chapter of First John 2. And as we look, I just want to go back to uh, how we finished last week. This is First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What a great promise that is, that his blood, his truth, his forgiveness, as we embrace and accept and uh, we obey his conviction he purifies us from all sin last week we found in first john 2 12 i'm writing to you dear children this is uh john the one who said of himself uh the disciple whom jesus loved he knew through experience through first-hand experience that jesus loved him he wrote dear children because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name we can have this great hope First John 2, 15 through 16, this is where we're going to uh, begin today as we um, look to uh, this chapter and we continue through um, the book of First John. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. How incredibly uh, potent, powerful is this scripture that God reminds us that we are not supposed to love these things. First John 2, 16, let me read it again. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And how many times have we found ourselves fighting or arguing or going against growing the deeper maturity that God has for us because there's something that captivates our mind, something that captivates uh, our touch and our pride, that it distracts us from what God wants for us. It takes us away from loving our neighbor because we think that we can obtain something for ourselves. We feel as though that we can be selfish and get away with it. And this is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life where we want to build ourselves up. What Jesus says, no, bear your cross, come follow me. Sacrifice your desires and become obedient to what I want for you because God's told us throughout scripture, Jesus has a plan for our lives that however difficult it is, that however um the tragedy might strike us and the struggle is so real. God has something better for us. And it's not for us to figure out on our own, through our own lens, through our own mind, through what we feel is correct. Not the American dream, but God's dream. 
that we we might obey him, that we would give up the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life, one of the most difficult things that this world would um, say is offered. Hebrews 11.25, this is also, I read this last week, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is so fleeting, it's just temporary, it thinks it satisfies, but you think you're drowning your fears by that extra glass of wine or that uh, other drink or by doing whatever, and then choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It only lasts for a season. It's only pleasurable for a season. It says he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. The fleeting pleasures of sin. And this is what we found in 1 John 2, 15 and 16. How it is temporary. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it is temporary, but it can destroy you forever. Matthew 7, 24 uh, through 27 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and that Jesus speaking, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking, Jesus with great authority telling people how to live, how to overcome, how to know true freedom and peace, and to realize that there's great hope in knowing who Jesus is and following his way instead of trying to discover it for yourself. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What are we building our foundation on? What are we growing our faith on? Is it what we've known and heard? Is it what God has showed us? Is it what we believe to be true, or is it simply simply resting on Jesus. How are we growing? How are you growing? How am I really intentionally opening my mind and my heart to what God is saying to me during this time? How can I live in such a way that I know that I'm growing as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, as one that has this mandate, this commission for us to share with others the truth and hope and freedom and salvation of Jesus? How are you doing that? rhetorical. Sometimes my rhetorical Facebook posts receive much uh, attention, and that's not really what rhetorical means, but how are you growing in your faith, in your maturity? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying for one another? Are you asking for his wisdom? Are you gathering resources that are based on his truth? Are you looking through the lens and the perspective of what Jesus did for us? Are you looking through the cross, Stephen Manley, cross-style ministries? I remember how he was speaking at a camp, and he said that he tries to look at every situation through the cross, through the redemption of Jesus, through knowing the salvation of God, that he forgave our sin, that we had great sin, that even though compared to others it was not that big in our own minds, it was still big enough for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. It was still large enough to keep us away from 
the communion with God the Father, to keep us away from heaven and eternal life, to keep us away so we can know that we must be growing in our faith, whether you're listening to Christian radio or you're researching old saints and missionaries and going back to the books that you have memorized sections of, that you're going back to the stories and testimonies of those that have just lived a life that they sacrificed so that they might be an example for us to learn from. What if we began to read Scripture with those eyes of one that experienced God, that we understand that there's so much more and that we can learn? Uh, yeah, I've missed being live in person and using all my, uh, whatever you call them, object lessons, because I just know as a wannabe basketball coach that there are certain things that you can learn, that I can teach, that you can uh, incorporate to develop the aspect of basketball, the game, if you want to. And you can just learn. And then it's just you can start with this building block and then you can gain more knowledge, more attention. You can experience it. And with repetition, you can do it. And then there's another building block. There's another section. But when it gets difficult, when it doesn't come as naturally, when we uh, balk at it, when we just struggle, do we want to learn? Do we want to grow in our faith? Or is it simply, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to live a good life? What if we really could obtain that holy life, not perfect as the world says perfect, but the holy life where every aspect that we have, we learn to make it obedient to Jesus. We take captive every thought. So when we have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, we begin to learn to have God transform and conform our heart and mind to that of his so we can be an overcomer. We can have victory. We don't have to struggle and say, it's always going going to be this way. It's always going to be a struggle because Satan is fighting against you and the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's like a roaring lion seeking who he can pounce on and devour. That is Satan. But we can learn. 1 John 2.18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. There are so many people lying, deceiving, telling half-truths, mistruths, misspeaking. And who are we aligning with? This says a lot about our faith. Are we aligning with Jesus? Are we more concerned about the truth of the gospel? Are, is our desire to show justice for all because Jesus was for all? Do we desire to stand up for the weak, the widows, the poor? Do we want to engage in lives that seem to drain us emotionally, but we realize it is not our strength, but in our weakness, He, God, makes us strong. Then he went out from us, but they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. You have an anointing as a Christian. What does that mean? Well, we use oil as a symbol to anoint people, and that symbol is saying the Holy Spirit, God's presence is with you, is on you, is going to give you power, is going to give you victory, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. You have that anointing. Now choose how you will live. Will you live 
embracing the victory that God has for you, where you sacrifice your self-desires, believing that he has something better, the best for you. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Acknowledge Jesus and know the presence and power of God, the Almighty God, the Creator, God, the one that has a plan for you, God, the one that created you for some reason, us to live in 2020, to be here during this time. Maybe just perhaps I go back to saying each week that God would live, have us live right now, so that in this turmoil, in this trouble, we can share that we have a hope and a peace and a truth in Jesus. And frankly, this is nothing like the Holocaust or what Christians have found being persecuted throughout the many, many years. But this is a time where we, American Christians, or if you're listening in Canada or wherever the uh, YouTube stream reaches, you can live and know that God is for you. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will uh, also will remain in the Son and in the Father. I just want to call attention to 1 John 2.24. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. See that what you have heard. This is to uh, do. Do what you've heard. Exhibit it. Make it manifest. See to it. Make sure it, it comes about. As for you, see that what you have heard happens. See what you have heard you are doing. See what you have heard. People are witnessing it and experiencing it. Because if it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Some would say that you only receive eternal life when you die, that it's either eternal damnation in hell or eternal life in heaven. But God's saying that we can live eternal life now. We can grow because his presence is with us, that we can grow with that perspective that we are not living just so we can one day get to heaven, but we can just share heaven with others people here as we live on earth. If you have questions about that, involve, involve yourself, engage in a small group, in a Bible study where we begin to look at these questions that you ponder, that you think about. How can we live eternal life now where we can know Jesus is with us and we are sharing about that hope that we have now, not just, oh, maybe I pray, I think so, I want to get to heaven when I die, but no, I can share this hope now with others. As we look at 1 John 2, 27, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Christians, I am telling you now that we need to remain in God. We need to abide and find rest in Jesus. We need to learn how to grow in our faith on our own. It's great, I think, to have a pastor, to have somebody that you think will come alongside you, can help you. 
But the scripture is clear. Jesus is clear that you can open the Bible. You can pray on your own. You can discover what God is saying to you because his presence is real. And oh, if you would just join me and others in just looking at scripture and saying, how can I grow in my faith? As for you, the anointing you have received from him remains in you. It is still in you. Maybe you need to light it. Maybe that spark needs to turn into a flame. Do not, you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, it's not fake. It's not a false hope. It's not something just people manufacture to make them feel good. It is not a crutch, even though people call religion, Christianity, Jesus a crutch. And I've said in jest and in passing, if it is a crutch, then give me two, because I know I cannot live without Jesus. It is not counterfeit. Just as it has taught you, remain in him. Remain in him, because Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love God with everything that you have. Love Jesus because he first loved us. Love God because he has a plan for your life. Love God because this world does not make sense. Love God because it's the only thing that can overcome when there's disagreement and contradiction and fights and this working of whether it's Satan or just because people are ignorant and they want to get their own way. Love God because he is going to allow us to overcome and be examples that through misery, we have great hope. Because during the good times, it's easier to act as though everything's good because those are the good times. But through the hardships, through the pain, through the struggle, can we still testify? Can we still be that witness? Can we still say we love God and God is for us and his strength is made perfect in our weakness? Love God. Grow as a disciple of Jesus and reach out to others with a true love of God. Because people, as scripture says, will know us by our love. How are you showing love? Well, I think there's many ways we can do that. But the best way is getting to know the heart of God, getting closer to him. And as we get closer to God and spend time with people, it just overflows out of us the truth and reality of who Jesus is. Well, as we um, just look at uh, closing, I'm going to go to First Chronicles 4.10 once more. This is the prayer of Jabez, and we find these words. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hands be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and God granted his request. What are we praying for of God? God's promise to bless us with uh, all that we need. God's blessed to do or promise to do more than we could ever think, dream, or imagine. So let your dreams be focused on Jesus. Let your dreams be founded and rooted in Scripture. Let your dreams just call out to God and say, God, I want your will to be done. And God, I promise you, based on Scripture, will grant you your request. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you that desire of knowing his delight for us.
So Living Hope Wesleyan Church, we are on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You can subscribe and share that with others, copy and paste, uh, send it in a text message. We're also on Google Podcasts or iTunes, and you can just share that. You can listen at one and a half speed or 2.0 speed if you choose. And we simply want to share the truth of the gospel from our context of being a small country church here in Vermont, knowing that God loves us and he is for us and he desires something of us, and that is simply to know his favor, that he is faithful and we can be fruitful because we are hidden in him. Our identity is in him. It's not in what somebody might say, but we are chosen. We are a masterpiece. We are adopted as God's children. What a great hope and joy that gives. And as we just close out, I just want to remind you that we do have this outreach event on Saturday. We do need help. We do need you, and we need you because we, as a local congregation, want to share with our community that God loves people, and so do we. So if we can dress up in funny outfits, if we can dress up and uh, laugh at ourselves as we can hand individually wrapped candy with gloves on and masks on and just let people know that the church is for them, that uh, go brush your teeth. Maybe we will include some of the hygiene pantry items of the toothbrushes and toothpaste as well, that as we give candy, we also hand out a toothbrush but we just want people to know that the church is still alive. God still has a plan, even though we are not meeting together on Sunday mornings, we can still be his disciples because that's what he has called us. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you know our hearts and the difficulties that we're going through. We thank you that you are a God of miracles and we claim and proclaim that we need your miracles in our lives, in our congregation, in our community, that we need phenomenal wisdom that only comes from you, that we would walk obediently and pursue you on a daily intentional basis because we cannot make it through this life struggling in our own strength, but we can know your freedom even during the struggle of whatever life presents. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And again, you have made time to join me. I thank you so much. I thank Pastor Kenny for reading to us 1 John chapter 2. And I would encourage you to read 1 John chapter 3 every day this week as we look at that this upcoming Sunday. Thanks all. We love you. God is for you. And uh, we just thank you for being there and being that support. All right, I'm out. Enjoy your Sunday. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for